Welcome to The Power of the Word with Pastor Nora King. We pray that this message blesses your life and ministers to your situation. Now, here is Pastor Nora. I was talking about how the Israelites were in hard bondage and they began to cry out to God. God heard them and um, he began to deliver them. And you know, even when all of these um, plagues were going on in Israel or in Egypt, when they were still in bondage at that particular time, it's really something uh, to realize how God put them in a different place and he made a difference in them. Where were they? They were in the land of Goshen. I'm going to tell you right now, we are living uh, in the end times and the enemy is trying to oppress, depress, and use people in nations, not just this nation, but it is this nation, but around the world to, to uh, cause people uh, to be in distress. But I'm going to tell you, you can live in the land of Goshen. You don't have to stay in the middle of that mess, and it's all dependent upon your relationship with Jesus Christ and where you put him. You're priority, where you put him in your life, where you take him into your life, and you count him uh, as greater than any of these problems that we face right now. And we've got to believe that we live in the land of Goshen, and God is sheltering us from uh, what the enemy is trying to do to destroy nations right now, and he's raising us up to be a standard, a standard bearer for him. And I believe that with all of my heart. You know, then the children of Israel, they were told. He's, they said, I want you to take the Passover lamb. I want you to partake of it. I want you to eat it. I want you to take the blood. And I want you to put it up on the lamppost. And that is going to protect you and keep you when the firstborn of Egypt is dying, your firstborn will be protected. You know, that is indicative really of uh, the communion, the bread, you know, the bread and the wine, that's what it is. And so they had to do that, and then what happened? God brought them out with a high hand. He brought them out of that. Now, I really believe this, and I, God spoke this to me, and I don't say that a lot because, you know, you hear so many, God said, God said, God said, you know. So it can, you know, it can get to where people don't even want to hear it. But, um, but God really did speak to me, and he said, I'm going to give you the correlation between um, the Israel leaving Egypt, going into the promised land, and the church leaving this earth and going uh, in uh, to the rapture. And I really believe there's a lot. And you know, what, what did they do? When they, when they went out, he said, there's not going to be one feeble one among you. I'm expecting a healing revival. I know we had it in the 40s. I know that there was a great move of God of healing and maybe into the early 50s. But I believe that God is working on us. And he's going to get his uh, church where he wants them to be. And... Uh, take us out and not be feeble, bless God. 
Amen. Psalms 105, 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Can you imagine that? Think about it. Here, the, here are God's people uh, and they're in bondage, and probably they hadn't been fed right, been mistreated and all that. And you know, Carly, they had to have a lot of sickness, disease, maybe couldn't walk, uh, you know, couldn't see, uh, just all kinds of physical things going on in their body because of the treatment that, that they were receiving. But I want to tell you, can you imagine when they are ready to go out and all of a sudden the person that couldn't walk could walk, the people that couldn't see could see, the people that were uh, in all kinds of physical distress and those things started falling off of them and they could get up and they could do what they couldn't do before. That's amazing. And I believe God wants to do that for us. No feeble people among us and strengthen us. And I love what it says in one scripture. It talks about, talking about the children of Israel. It says, he brought them out. He's going to take us out. He's bringing us through and he's going to take us out. Praise God. That's what he wants to do for his people. Well, now I've read all this and you know, told you these different things. And I know, I know because I, I do Facebook and I get comments, okay? Well, now that's the Old Testament. You're exactly right. That is the Old Testament. It is. But wasn't the Old Testament given for types and shadows and patterns that, of things that would come. That's exactly what it was. But listen to this, Hebrews 8, 6. He is the mediator, talking about Jesus, of a better covenant. If he did that under the old covenant, think about now that we have a new covenant with better promises. Yay! <laughs> Hallelujah! So, you know, you can tell me you don't need to preach from the Old Testament, but I'm going to tell the story, and then I'm going to show what it says in the New, because it's even better than Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals thee. He healed then, He heals now, and Jesus was the perfect proof of who God is because he was in the earth and he did the works of the Father. He did the works of the Father. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, as we get into, you know, the points on the brochure, just a few things here. Uh, the point number one, of course, we talked about um, how that uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But uh, Jesus come into the earth to give us abundant, satisfying life is what John 10, 10 says. So we know that and we have to understand that. If you don't understand that, you won't understand the scripture. You won't understand who's doing what to whom that we talked about a few minutes ago. Um, then uh, point number two, and I got into that a little bit last week, just reviewing if that's okay. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing, listen to this next word, all. Say healing all. Healing all. 
healing all. Well, now I know he'll heal this one because he, uh, God really loves this person. You know, they're really, uh, they live for him and they're pious and, you know, they, they walk with the Lord. Well, that's true. But he loves all of us and he wants to do good for all. We're not perfect. None of us are. We strive to be perfect and walk before the Lord, but none of us really make that. And so we see then he went about doing good and uh, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Key words, oppressed of the devil. God through Jesus, did not oppress people. People were oppressed of the devil when Jesus was on the earth. Do we think that changed? No. It's the same today. The devil is oppressing people. I see it all the time. And my heart goes out. And I have great compassion. And I see people suffering in, in so many ways. I see them suffering. You know, these children of Israel that I was reading about, you remember the story? They were out there, uh, you know, and they had started their journey, and they'd come uh, there to uh, a, a place of water, and it was bitter, and they couldn't drink of that water, and then, you know, then they want to start yeah, yeah, murmuring, you know. God's got us out here, you know. You don't, don't do that. Don't murmur when you don't think things are going right. You still trust God. But, you know, the thing about it is... God told Moses, he said, I want you to go over there. See that tree? I want you to go over there and get the tree. You go over there, you get that tree, and you put it in the water. Now, why in the world would he do that? Why would he say, put a tree in the water? I'm going to tell you why. Because that's indicative of the cross the tree, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ can go into the bitter waters of our life and our distresses and our sicknesses and our diseases and all the things that we face. Go through divorce, financial calamity. All of that is bitter. And he called the place Mara, which means bitter. He said, you put the tree into the bitter waters. And he did, and it became sweet. You put the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. You accept Jesus. You accept the sacrifice that he made, the shedding of his blood for the remission of your sin. You accept that. And the tree, the cross, can take those bitter waters of your life and make them sweet. Make them sweet. And that's what he wants to do. Amen? But God healed all, not just a few, but everyone. And uh, now I want to uh, talk about um, this scripture. Well, no, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not going to get into that. Um, when Jesus was going about and he was healing people, he came to set the captives free. Is that not right? He, ca he came to set the captives free. Those, you know, Isaiah says there are those that are hid out in prison houses. They're spoiled and none say restore. There's nobody saying restore. Jesus wants to restore. That's what the body of Christ needs to rise up to do and say, restore 
Restore, Jesus. Restore these people from the bitter waters of life. Restore them. And then take the good news to them. That's what we're doing right now. We're bringing the good news to people. But you know, in all of this, you know, when Jesus came across the sickness and disease and all of that, there's one word that I noticed um, that was repeated several times, and it's the word torments. People are tormented. Today, people are tormented in so, so many ways. I look that way, word up, tormented, and really it's what you think. It would be torture. That's one word. And, but another word for torment is all the way to the bottom. That's what it means. It comes from a word that means all the way to the bottom. When the devil and satanic forces torment people, it takes them all the way to the bottom. It takes away their dignity. It takes away health. It takes away soundness. It takes away their ability to function and do the things that God wants them to do. And I, want, I have good news. All the tormenting that the enemy can do, Jesus wants to deliver and set the captive free. I think about the time that we live in. Of course, we're not talking about this necessarily, but it is a healing of some sorts. But there's so many people that are addicted. They're addicted to drugs. I know people in this church that have been addicted to drugs and probably felt like they could never come out of it. But I want to tell you, when the tree was placed in the bitter water and they received Jesus and they received what was done at Calvary, that was turned around. You can't do that on your own. That takes the power of the Holy Spirit, for sure, to turn it around. But there's so many people dealing with addictions and things like that. And now is the time for us in the body of Christ to discover it and, and use that for ourselves, for sure, but to minister to other people. We need to take God's healing, delivering power to a world that is so in need right now. I've never seen any time like it. Um, we've been doing this a long time. And there's always been challenges. There's always been, you know, issues that society has had to deal with. There's nothing like now. Some people think that Jesus is in this category here, over here. And then they think, and then here's the problems we face as a nation, the difficulties we face in life there over here. Let me tell you folks, Jesus is here and you need to bring everything to him and lay it at the foot of the cross and accept his ability to deliver you from all the powers of darkness. Amen? It's very, very important. Okay, I, I don't have much time, but I am going to start this. Uh, number three, um, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Okay, so how can we understand healing from the Father and from the Son from their perspective? We can understand that Jesus didn't do anything 
that the father was not happy about, that he didn't desire, that it wasn't his plan or his purpose. Jesus did what he saw the father do. Isn't that like a, an, an earthly child, you know? Uh, we, we look at our parents and, you know, if you have good, godly, loving parents, you know, you want to imitate them. You want to do what they do, you know? They comb their hair, you just go comb your hair. Uh, they put shaving cream on. I've even seen little boys, you know, they'll put that shaving cream because they're imitators of their father. Well, we need to be imitators too, but that's what Jesus was doing. And Jesus uh, Christ, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say that together. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus did the will of the Father in healing people and delivering people, then we know that that's what He's doing today, and we know that's what He'll do tomorrow. He won't change His mind. See, we, we look at the Father and Jesus Christ, we look at them sometimes, Carly, as mere human beings. Because human beings, we do that and other human beings change, you know, one day they're one way and another the next. That isn't the way the Father is and that isn't the way the Son is. If Jesus healed when He was here in His earthly ministry, then He heals today. Do not let denominationalism cheat you out of that. And I can say that because I'm very thankful for the denomination that I was in, that they taught me about salvation and, and taught, taught me many things in the Bible. But this is one thing that I guess there was like a blindness to. There was no mention of Jesus the healer or Jesus the deliverer setting captives free. There was no mention of that in what came into my life. So when I started reading the Bible, and I saw it, I chose, and it was a hard stand because people came against me, people stood against me, and they said, if that's what you believe, you don't belong here. Well, it didn't, and it's like, well, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta work this out, you know, work out your own salvation. Well, then I went back to the Bible, and then I had to go to them and say, okay, then I don't belong because I choose the Bible. And if it doesn't go along with what you believe, if it comes out of the book, I choose the book. You choose the book. That's so important. You choose the book. Jesus Christ heals today in the same way that He healed yesterday. And He will heal tomorrow when we need Him in the same way. And we can rely upon that and we can count upon it. It's for us. Amen. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord God that heals. It takes faith in your heart. Jesus, when he went about and doing the healing, he noticed people. He noticed those people that had faith in their heart. I remember the woman for 18 years, the Bible says she was bowed together. In other words, she couldn't straighten her body up. You may have had, have a long-standing 
problem like she had. 18 years, that's a long time. That, that should bring encouragement to a lot of people that have been facing things for a long time. But anyway, Jesus came. I'm sure she had heard. He'd been teaching in the synagogue. I'm sure she had heard. Jesus is coming by. He is, you know, he's healed all these people. And I'm sure faith was high in her heart. And when he came by, he, he said, be loosed. Be raised up in Jesus' name. And, and this woman now, for 18 years, had been bowed over and couldn't straighten up. And she straightened up. Can you imagine the praising and the shouting that would be going on? I know if it was me, I would be. Wouldn't you? Well, I praise God in my heart. Well, I tell you, when we go to the ball game, how do you do there? If you, if you can shout and jump and be happy at the ball game, I get happy over the Lord, and I don't apologize for it. It's okay. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Power of the Word with Pastor Nora King. For additional resources or to contact us, go to poweroftheword.com.